Uh, Javon Shepard is here, and uh, he is our commentator, uh, analyzes the games for us, and TSN 1050 VP and general manager of the Ottawa Blackjacks as well. Javon, how are you today, sir? I am great, Tat, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my espresso now so that I'm awake for tonight's game, and we'll have some fun with it, man. We are. I, I, help me out with this story. I, you know, I was just going over all. I got the score sheet in front of me. They went on that massive seven-game road trip. They were four and three. They come back, and in the uh, I think it's eleven games since they're seven and four. But instead of the seven wins, you you sort of circle the four losses because they are gut wrenching. But this team is playing well. It's just not showing up. I mean, they're they're in a play in, but but they should be better, right? They they should be. Um, and I think that's the frustrating part right now is that you see promise, you see some of those wins, you see the road swing that they went on and, and did far better than one would imagine that many imagine. And then, you know, there's some gut-wrenching losses in there that you're like, oh, my goodness, as soon as there's a glimmer of hope, it's like there's two steps two steps back, right? And they just can't yeah. get, seem to get above that waterline and get to that, that promise line of that, that 500 mark. Because then I think once you get to that point, the promise you start to feel it more you start to believe it a bit more but again like they they they, they play well at times they they take you on an emotional roller coaster let's say that yeah. but where we are now um with Pirtle in the mix and him playing well and i think he's he's just helped everybody else so much the, the way the offense is a bit more fluid um his ability to everybody talks about him you know being a uh, a presence down low and deterring shots not necessarily a shot blocker but just having that big body down low. But for me, it's, you know, he's his IQ, right? He, he just makes the game so much easier for everybody else. A guy in the post that has a presence, you give it to the high post, he, he can make plays and just shooting a high clip every time he touches it in the paint. You know, if he puts it up, it's a bucket. So I think his help there has been tremendous. And you've got to now just, just learn to close games out, right? Whether it be from an excellent old standpoint, whether it be from, an emotional standpoint, like we've seen it against Denver, you know, the last stretch of that game and, you know, whatever transpired between Scotty and the official, like those are moments, again, regardless, we've got we've to have a certain type of focus and be intentional with these, these minutes, these possessions, because they count. Yeah, I absolutely, totally agree with that. The game in Denver, the, the Denver went on a 15-4 run late in the game. That that decided the game, and it was eerily similar to a game uh, in early February uh, at home to Utah where they just uh, laid an egg in the fourth quarter. So the bottom line is both those games they had won, and they gave them away, didn't they? They did. They did. And you think about the difference that those games can make, and, they yeah, they move you up in the standings. But there's a, there's, there's a part of that, there's another element that I'm always intrigued by that, that I think can, that misses, is that confidence that it builds in the locker room, right? And you, you come up with those key victories, you win the games that you're supposed to, and now we're talking about a different type of team. And I think that's been, over the course of the season, that's been the, the biggest problem is that there's some games that you, you should win, right? That you look on your calendar, you're, you're in that front office, you're in that locker room as players, you're in, those co- in the coach's office, there's some games that you you ticked off walking into them that these should be victories. If we take care of these, we're we're, we're heading in the right direction. I always and I always think back to remember those those two Orlando losses on the road back to back, and yeah. and at that point it, it almost seemed like you know we were in the pit. But just games like those, when you're when you're a team, you want to have there's certain games you look at. We've we've got to be the winnable games. You've got to come out with those, and then you get games like like Denver where okay we have our confidence. We've, we've won before. We know how to win. We've come up with those big wins. 
and now it's, it's a different team. It's a different brand of basketball you're playing. Guys going to the games and going to those fourth quarters, those late fourth quarters with a swagger about them. And it's not even about, you know, what coach Nurse is drawing up or the execution on the, on the, on the defensive end. We just believe that we're going to come out with a victory. And you'd be surprised how much that does for you just in itself, just that swagger. You know, it's an interesting team. You said emotional roller coaster before, and I totally agree. So what you said about Pirtle and what he brings to the table, you realize that before this, they didn't have that. I mean, that has to be really taxing on a roster to try and make up for that void. What are your thoughts on that? It's, it, it is taxing. I think that's the best way to put it. It's taxing, it's frustrating, it's exhausting, because you have essentially, um, you have guys that are they're forwards, Spending and playing the, the center position, offensively and defensively. So naturally, there's going to be some some wear and tear there. You're going to get beat down. You're out of position. So you're also learning different cuts, different movements from those positions, right? Now you have somebody to alleviate some of that and take on, you know, just physically some of the, you know, bumping and, and, and battling with those bigger positions. And I think that 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 helps immensely, right? And even if you think back to that that Denver game. Um, Pirtle wasn't matched up on Jokic at all. But what you had was was OG on Pirtle, uh, OG on on Jokic, and now you're using Pirtle to come on that that weak side. You're using him to double down. You have a bigger body to double down. You have okay now that you have OG on on him. If a shot goes up, you have that bigger body, that center, that presence that's in rebounding position. So just little things like that um, alleviate so much. From your from your team, right? So I think that's that's important to have. Um, now you have guys back in their natural positions. Now you have guys playing to their strengths. You also have another guy on the floor that's from that that post position. That's another facilitator. So there's not as much pressure on Fred. There's not as much pressure on Pascal to orchestrate and get guys shots. Now whatever they're doing is an addition to what you already what you're getting from Pirtle and 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 Fred. You can get Pascal back to just you know, focus on scoring the basketball. You can get Gary back to just making shots. You can get OG back to just to focus on defend, defending, getting out in transition, and not falling over every time he, he tries to attack or gets the ball in the post, right? So somebody takes those pressures off. So I think that's where you're getting, you know, that subtle change. And we, we call it a change, but at the same time, we're just we're, we're bringing back what we originally had. Like this right now, yeah. what you're seeing is, is what that front office envisioned when they drafted Perda, when they drafted Pascal, when they brought in Fred. Yeah, and it's just an interesting study because, as you say, they brought him back. But but in the meantime, there's about a three-year void for when Gasol and Ibaka leave, and there's really they aren't really replaced. I mean, they try to do different things, and, and it makes you appreciate. I'm not being negative here, but it, it makes you appreciate how, what they achieve because that's a big hole on the roster. Yeah, I think you realize how big it is once you have it again. Um, and you also realize that you were fighting an uphill battle before, right? You just imagine yeah. for those guys, and I didn't. And there's times before, and we, we talked about it. We talked about it on post game and pregame before. There's times where you look into the faces of some of those guys prior to the All Star break, and they just look exhausted. They look unengaged. Yeah. They look, you know, the bodies look like they're broken down. Even against Denver, I, I thought Fred for. You know, the first time in a long time, he just seemed to have a different pop to him. You know, he was getting to his spots. He looked explosive. He looked athletic. And then there was, there was this look in his eyes. Like, he was, he was hungry and, and, and excited to play again. And I think that comes from just alleviating and, and just taking the weight off some of the guys' shoulders so that they can 
be recalibrated. They're refreshed. Okay, let's go down the the officiating road. Um, not as a criticism, Ooh. but it's it, it just it's sort of a. It, it, you know, I always say you know you're selling entertainment, and how entertaining is it when there's a call made on the floor, and most people don't understand why it was made. I mean, that's just not entertaining at all. Now, I think you could understand that if you listen to the tape uh, when when it happened, Scotty said something. It wasn't directed at anybody, but the official Ooh. who made the call, his back was to him, and and obviously this man has a, a no tolerance for for any verbal exchange after the call is made which is to me somewhat arrogant i mean i just it's just a it's a here's what i'm going to say it's a bad look and it's not entertaining what do they do about this yeah so for me i i think you are players are always going to have something to say they're always going to have some chatter i was disappointed and i'm i'm from the, the school of you never want to give the refs the opportunity to take over a game to control a game to to really dictate the outcome of a game in that moment I'll tell you, I was extremely disappointed with the official Scott Foster because you look at you look at that whole sequence, and even the other two officials, they seemed to be surprised, right, and didn't really even know where that technical was going. But my, my thing is this. As an official, you understand the emotional climax of the game and the point of the game, right? These players and these teams have more riding on this game than you do because they're evaluated on wins, they're evaluated on losses. As an official, you're not evaluated on wins and losses. So you, I, I feel it's a part of your responsibility to understand that, that emotional capacity of that game in those moments and diffuse the situation or let it breathe, right? That wasn't a moment where Scott, uh, Scotty Barnes was in the official's face or really, you know, I, and I can't see it. Maybe, you know, Scott Foster said he questioned their integrity uh, on the game, but uh-huh. I don't think he was embarrassing them i don't think he was you know overtly in their face and aggressive none of that so you as an official have to understand this moment and and referee this actual moment right and i think scott foster got away from that so i was disappointed there yeah, the other issue I'm going to get into is is just the the replay, uh, and and I applaud you know looking at things. I, my problem is is that uh, when you're watching it, I don't think everybody totally understands what they're looking for, and then you've got the moving target where they'll say, "Well, that didn't happen, but I saw this, and and so we're going to call this now." I mean, that's just that just absolutely flies in the face of entertainment, doesn't it? Yeah, I, it's, it's funny. funny. <laughs> I, you know, I can't call it, and that's why that's why you and I are on the broadcast. We have fun with it, and we leave those stresses yeah. to everybody else. I got enough gray here. <laughs> it's just it's kind of bizarre, but anyway. So let's get into the game tonight. Raptors, Raptors against the Clippers. Uh, what do you think happens here? It's going to be tough. I think the Raptors. One, the Raptors need a response um, from the game against Denver because it was a cold one. Could have came out with it, but you're also playing now. You're playing a Clippers team who's. They're scratching and clawing themselves, right? They're yeah. digging themselves out of a hole, and right now they have Kawhi back. You know, they're integrating Russell Westbrook into their team. They have Eric Gordon. That's that's a return. So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts for them. But at the same time, they need to gain some momentum over the course of this last, you know, half lap of the season going into play and going into playoff situation for them. So you're going to get a tough bout. You're going to get. Um, a gritty match. I think for the Raptors, you, you've got to understand it's going to be a physical game. You look at their, you look at their their lineup. You know, this is a big team, right? This is a big team. This is a physical team, and this is a team with a lot of experience, right? So the room for error for the Raptors is going to be so small. They've got to go well, and I think they had an amazing, you know, focus against Denver. They were intentional. They executed well, 
and it's got to be that exact same brand of play, that style of play that they had, whether that was, you know, designed and, you know, coming down from the coaching staff or the players, whatever it is, you've got to bottle that up and have that same effort against this Clippers team. This is an extremely talented team. There's no way around that. And Kawhi's playing at, since I believe it's since, since January 1st, since the, the turn of the new year, he's been playing really good basketball. He's, he's back to the form of, you know, when he was with the Raptors and, and carried them. So you, you know what you're dealing with there. Um, and, and they have a number of pieces. So this is going to be one of the ones where if they come out and play, you know, up to their potential, up to their skill level, up to their the, the level of focus that we've seen in the last match, yeah, we have a, we have a great game. I'm going to need help from the bench, and it's done. I think it's done a nice job with Achua, you know, formally starting now, going to the bench, and same for Gary Trent Jr. Finally, have some depth there, right? Yeah, and and that's a huge that's a huge asset to have. It's a great luxury for Coach Nurse to have, and I think that's been you know an ongoing conversation all year. Is you know where do we get production from the bench? How do we get production from the bench? Well, now you have two guys that are more than capable of starting. On, on the same bench with one move just by bringing back Pirtle. So you're getting the punch from Gary Trent Jr. And we all know what he can do scoring the basketball. Um, he's done that for his team to shoot the basketball. And I think he's also a selfless player, right? So one of the guys that, you know, you should actually be feeding the ball and a lot of times guys miss him, he still gives up a lot of opportunities to make, give up a, a good shot to get a great shot. So I think with him on the bench, and I, he's, he's, he's shot better percentages coming from the bench. So he's also accepted the role um he's been a consummate pro especially for a young guy in himself and he's also going into a contract situation where a lot of those guys at that point they, they start to think selfish i think he's taking this head on taking it with some maturity um and and, and played for the betterment of the team achua he has he, he's, he's going to need some growth right you need his production i think he's struggling a bit with the idea of you know not knowing where his minutes are coming from right now and playing less minutes because he's been bumped down in the rotation. But he's got to, he's just got to realize, if I do what I do, if I play to my strengths, I bring something to this team. I bring something that they don't have, the energy, the toughness, the ability to defend five positions, and a willing defender, a guy that's extremely athletic. There's, there's, he's got to just tap into his, his intangibles and, and, and the things that he does well and, and just contribute, right? Don't worry about anything else. So I think if you have both those guys on the same page, you're getting starter contribution out of guys coming out off of the bench. And that's exactly what we've been asking for all year. We've asked for shooting, we've asked for a bench, and we've asked for a big. Well, you know, with one move, there should be a byproduct of that. Yeah, well said. Javon, thanks very much. Looking forward to working with you again tonight, 930 TSN 1050. Thank you. It's Javon Shepard.